This is the John Morris Show. Proudly presented by Baylor University, where lights shine bright. 20 seconds to shoot. Sutherland. Over to Engelman on the right wing. Engelman driving inside. Blocked by Brittany Griner and out of bounds. Brittany Griner with her fourth block already. And she has surpassed Alyssa DeHaan's 503 career blocks. So Brittany Griner now the number two all-time NCAA leader in blocks. Now, back to today's JMO Radio Show. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Back with us, I like cuts courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. And uh, to be absolutely accurate, it goes back to 2012 for the Brittany Griner highlights. And I think it was the uh, IMG Sports Network at that point has changed names uh, since then. But uh, it goes back to 2012. Brittany Griner in the rejoin because Brittany Griner was front and center on the women's basketball all-decade team that was uh, in the Waco Tribune Herald yesterday on the Baylor website today at BaylorBears.com. And to talk about all that, we welcome in our good friend, and we hope yours, Jerry Hill from the Baylor Bear Foundation. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning, John. Seems like it's been a while, but uh, enjoy being on uh, the radio show with you. <laughs> it has been a while. Are you are you counting the days? Is that a subtle shot at Q and I that we haven't had you on? No, not at all. Not at oh, you okay, at all. Okay. Um, just, uh, <laughs> It's been an interesting time, we'll say that. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I, I thought you were yeah. uh, making light of the fact you and I were on a, a Zoom call together about an hour ago. We were together just uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit ago. So, yeah, yeah we we still see each other quite a bit, <laughs> just not uh, not in person, right? <laughs> that's right. And, and one of the ways we see each other is uh, when we do Zoom calls, uh, doing these all-decade teams. And, right. and this has turned out to be a really fun project. Uh, I enjoy doing that. It, it's fun to go down memory lane and try to, you know, look at some of the great performances by student-athletes, <laughs> you know, in the, over the past decade. Uh, it's been fun, hasn't it? Well, and, and I think it speaks to how good a decade it's been, John, just really across the board because you look at pretty much every sport, and it's it's really hard to narrow it down to just the ones you select because, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, before we came on of the ones that were left out. You know, I mean, you had a yeah. first and second team on this all-decade team for the Lady Bears, and I, I can think of a lot of names that were left off like Melissa Jones, Alexis Jones, uh, thousand point scorers like Alexis Prince and uh, Nene Hayden. So, I mean, as good as those first and second teams were, I feel like we left some people out. I mean, you could have gone, you know, three or four deep, you know, for the Lady Bears. Yeah, that's definitely true. And uh, kind of like we said on the call, that's what <laughs> makes horse races, you know, and what's what leaves right. leaves it to discussion about the ones that were selected, and then as you mentioned, the ones that were left off. Um, but, man, what a great – so the first team, the all-decade first team yeah. was uh, Brittany Griner, uh, it really four post players, and Odyssey Sims, mm-hmm. Odyssey Sims the guard. But Brittany Griner, Odyssey Sims, Kalani Brown, Lauren Cox, and Nina Davis. And that's uh, that's pretty salty first team. Well, and, and I think this is where, you know, the rule of, you know, positions don't matter really right. help because right. – you know, if you look at those five, John, there is kind of a separation there. 
where these were the, you know, these were the five that were all Americans. And I believe that, uh, maybe other than Kalani, all of them were unanimous, all Americans at some point in their career. So, um, that's a pretty impressive group. And I believe that all, yeah, all but Nina were first round WNBA draft picks as well. So that's a, that's a really good five. I think, you know, UConn could probably, you know, put up a similar five, but there's not many teams in the country that could put up a five like that. And I would, I would actually stack up this five against just about anybody. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I would, you know, UConn may be the only other team that could put mm-hmm. up a, a top five like that. The second team yeah. uh, for the women's all-decade team, uh, Destiny Williams, Christy Wallace, Nia Johnson, Chloe Jackson, and Juicy Landrum. And that's a great second five. And uh, interesting how, you know, the first team had was heavy yeah. on post players. The second team's really heavy on uh, on guards. Yeah, and I think it does show, you know, even though that first team was dominated by the post, and you're like, well, Baylor was real post-oriented. But if you look at that second team, and then, like I said, you could probably name three or four other guards that could have made that team. So I think it shows that they have actually had a balance in the decade of some great guard play as well. Taya Cooper isn't on that team. You know, if if they go and and, and win another national championship this year, she's maybe on that team as well. So, um, you know, I, I think they've had great guard play as well. Melissa Jones isn't on that team. Alexis Jones isn't on that team. So I think you've got some great guard play. Nia Johnson is the all-time assist leader. Chloe Jackson obviously led them to a national championship last year. Uh, and just, you know, that's a, that's a phenomenal second team. That's just, again, that's, that second team is probably good or better than most teams' first team. And isn't it interesting? I mean, doesn't it say a lot about the program, uh, especially over the last decade, that sometimes uh, a tiebreaker, you know, in selecting these team members was, oh, well, she had a national championship. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good tiebreaker. Yeah, that was the tiebreaker for, uh, you know, for one of the players. So that that is, that speaks volumes. And two two national championships in the decade and, and, you know, a complete domination in the Big 12. You know, really, John, if you look at the previous decade, I believe they only won the one, you know, regular season Big 12 championship and won uh, two uh, tournament titles. So, you know, really this decade was where they really dominated, you know, getting and getting to another Final Four in 2010. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, really the dominance that they had, you know, even though they won the national championship in 05, but the real domination was, was in this decade when, you know, really nobody was close to them in the Big 12. That's a good point. As the T-shirt says, decade of dominance for Lady Bear basketball. Jerry Hill is with us from the Baylor Bear Foundation. You know, Jerry, one of the players on on the second team that I really, really admire a lot was Nia Johnson. And it was really, Mm -hmm. I mean, she was a heck of a player, obviously uh, the all-time assist leader. But her assist to turnover ratio was just incredible, in my opinion. Yeah, and Q, she had some huge assist games. But, yeah, you're right. She, She did such a good job of, you know, she valued the ball, you know, mm-hmm. she was not going to turn it over. And, and, you know, obviously she had some great people to pass it to throughout her career. Um, you know, but you know, she made the most of it. I can remember games where she had 
tons of double-digit assist games. I believe one of like 19 assists in one game. So I, to me, I thought she was a no-brainer. And honestly, if you did maybe more of a true position-by-position, position, I think she may make the first team just because she was the all-time assist leader and you could slot Odyssey over to the two. So, I, But, again, she definitely deserved her spot. And you're right. I mean, she just – she didn't turn it over. She and, and she was a really good defender too. Um, but yeah, the assist to turnover deal was off the charts. How close was the race uh, for with Chloe Jackson? I mean, Chloe Jackson obviously only spent the one year as the grad transfer, but mm-hmm. but led the Lady Bears to the national championship, like you mentioned. So I'm assuming that that carried a lot of weight. But it had to be a lot of you know maybe not pushback is the right word, but a lot of discussion right. back and forth. Yeah, I, I, Chloe was close, like I said, but. Q in those last two or three spots, there was a lot of discussion. Um, and but I think you know John mentioned. I mean Chloe um, not only was part of a national championship, but she won those last two games. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean with yeah. the you know with that driving layup against uh, Oregon. Some, sometimes people forget that, but that was a huge shot as well. And then getting the game winner, you know, in, in the championship game against Notre Dame. So I just think, uh, you know, she deserved a spot, uh, and it was just one year. Um, and in that same kind of discussion will come up uh, when we discuss the men's team of, you know, Epe Udo was only here one year. Well, he was he he set out a year, and then he then he played that 2010 season. But it was such a phenomenal year. I don't know how you leave him off either. So. Uh, I think uh, in Chloe's case, you know, certainly the national championship was a good tiebreaker. And I think with Juicy as well, um, that she was part of that national championship team. You know, that that trumps a lot of things. That trumps a lot of stats that, uh, you know, those those players were part of a, a very special team, 37-1 and one national champions. So I, I think that kind of, you know, trumped everything else. And on top of that, I mean, without Chloe Jackson, there may not be a Taya Cooper at Baylor, and there may not be grad transfers coming. She opened up the floodgate, really, for the grad transfers uh, for Coach Mulkey. She really did, because Kim had never taken a grad transfer. She had taken a few transfers through the years, but never taken, you know, this is kind of a new thing anyway, but she had never taken a grad transfer. And, and you're right, I you know, I don't know, or I don't think that Taya Cooper is here if, Chloe Jackson not only had gotten here, but had the success that she did. And, and you could see the transition that she made from a shooting guard to more of a point guard. And then Taya just kind of follows right in line and, 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 you know, does kind of the same thing and was certainly on path to at least, you know, make a deep run uh, in the NCAA tournament if they had gotten there. And I, I think they had a really legitimate shot, you know, of at least getting to New Orleans and, and maybe having a chance to win another national championship. Player of the decade on the all-decade team was Brittany Griner. Hard to argue with that. Uh, defender of the decade, Brittany Griner. <laughs> Certainly no argument there. And then uh, sixth woman of the decade was uh, Brooklyn Pope. There was pretty good discussion about that sixth person, sixth woman uh, award. But, uh, you know, again, those, those are sort of the top of the uh, the awards for the women's basketball all-decade team. Yeah, and, and obviously it came down to her and Destiny Williams was really the only the other one that we kind of discussed a lot. And, and basically what happened was Brooklyn got sixth person of the decade and, and Destiny w- was named to the second team. And, and really, the again, the tiebreaker there was Brooklyn was the sixth person, first player off the bench 
on that 2012 national championship team. So kind of a consistent theme here is the national championships. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what really makes a difference, you know, in this decade where you won two of them, you know, Brooklyn um, started a good bit of her career, but she was the first player off the bench and, and did a phenomenal job on that uh, 2000, the 40 and 0 2012 national championship team. So I think that kind of put her over the edge. I think you could have named either one of them. And I believe destiny had won. Maybe it was her senior year or, or sophomore year. She had won six-person uh, award from the Big 12. So, again, I think you could have named either one of them and, and had a really good choice. So, uh, it, again, it's good to have options because, you know, I think in some cases, you know, it, it, it's going to be a struggle or it would be a struggle to, you know, find, you know, good options like that. We didn't have that problem here. We had maybe too many options for some of this stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, Jerry, uh, Brooklyn, that that was a, a great selection right there. I thought that that was a perfect selection. To me, she always felt like the one that would get in there and do the dirty work, the work that wasn't always necessarily praised, but she would do what was needed to get done for the Lady Bears. Yeah, and I think, you know, Brittany was quoted in this story about what a spark she was off the bench, and, and that's a big key thing for a team like that, that obviously, you know, the, the five starters were all great, but you still needed, you know, if somebody got in foul trouble or whatever, you still needed somebody to come off the bench and to give you a lift. And that's exactly what Brooklyn was on that team. And, you know, probably sacrificed a little bit, you know, for herself to to help the team. You know, she she certainly could have been a starter for just about any team in the nation that year. But she was coming off the bench and, and really giving that team a lift. And, and like I said, I think the big thing was that she played that role and accepted that role on that national championship team. Jerry Hill with us, Baylor Bear Foundation, uh, talking about the all-decade team for Baylor women's basketball. It was in the Waco <clears throat> Tribune-Herald yesterday. Uh, it's on the Baylor website at BaylorBears.com. We're continuing through every sport, doing an all-decade team. And next up, uh, Jerry, will be Equestrian coming up on Thursday. Uh, men's track and field will be released on Sunday. But, uh, uh, Q, uh, tell me what you think about this as we're doing our, our call about the Equestrian team. <laughs> Uh, you know, we finally came up with the team. You know what's coming, Jerry. And uh, a suggestion was made, well, shouldn't we have a horse of the decade? You know, a Western Western horse and then an English or a uh, hunt seat horse. And I think we're going to try to have uh, a couple of horses on the all-decade team also. Okay. All right. That, that'll I, work. I think they deserve that. Was I mean, that do a lot of work. Was that Jerry's idea or was that your idea? It was actually mine. Okay, well, I'll roll with it then if it was your idea. If it was Jerry's <laughs> idea, <laughs> I might question it a little bit because you know, you know how Jerry is. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Don't you think that's ap- apropos, Jerry? Uh, did, he, did we lose him? Oh, no, we lost Jerry. <laughs> Let me see if I can get him back. All right, sounds good. So that's the next uh, all-decade team uh, that will be announced or uh, published in the Trib. It comes up on Thursday. It's equestrian. Men's track and field will be this Sunday, a week, a uh, week and a half away, April 30th. Women's golf, Sunday, May 3rd, will be volleyball. Ooh, that'll be fun. So uh, we're going to go through each sport, and uh, we've already had um, – uh, with basketball, women's basketball yesterday, we've had that, men's cross-country, softball, and women's co- cross-country are the teams we've already had. All of those uh, archived on the TRIB website and certainly on our website at BaylorBears.com. All right, we got them back. 
All right, Jerry's back. Jerry, we were talking about uh, uh, having a couple of horses on the equestrian yes. all-decade team. Did we did we talk about who came up with that suggestion? Well, Q asked that question. Yeah, he said if it was, was my be, idea, he that was would be okay voice of bears. <laughs> if it was your idea, he wasn't, wasn't going to be on board with it. <laughs> no, uh, I'll, I'll, I, I thought it was great, though. I think you know it kind of adds a little fun to it as well. You know, so I I, I think it's great. Gives some great recognition also to that equestrian program. That was one of the things. Um, that Ashley Ventura talked about is it's nice to have recognition for a sport like that that maybe doesn't get a lot of the notoriety or, or recognition that some of the other ones do. And I think just adding that horse to the year, I think it, like I said, I think it just adds a little fun to it. And uh, so I think that that'll be that'll be a good one to watch. Extra carrots for the horse of the decade, whoever that ends up <laughs> is. That, being. Is that the reward? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And that's yes. not an NCAA the, violation. The, the either. We can give them gets we, like plaques or whatever. And, nah, and no, the just carrots. Just carrots. <laughs> All the carrots they can stand. Budget cut. All We're on budget carrots. cuts here. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Jerry, yeah. uh, any thoughts in particular on the uh, three Baylor players that win in the WNBA draft on uh, Friday evening? Yeah, John, I think uh, for Lauren, I thought it was a perfect fit. You know, I, I, would, I guess maybe selfishly, I was hoping she might wind up in Dallas, and I right. think that was probably a good bet, you know, until the second Oregon player, uh, is it Sabu? Uh-huh. Um, she, when she declared as a, as a jun- draft eligible junior, um, that's who Dallas wound up taking. So um, Lauren goes to Indiana, but she gets paired with Tierra McCowan, uh, very similar to Kalani Brown, a six seven center. So Lauren gets the – gets to play the four. Some teams were looking at her as more of a center, a five player. So I think that's a great pick for Lauren. And then, you know, Taya gets to Phoenix with Brittany and, and we'll see how she does there. And then I, I thought it was great that Juicy got drafted. Uh, you know, when Taya dropped a little bit, um, you know, she wound up going with the 18th pick overall. And when some projections had her in the first round, um, I thought when she dropped, maybe that Juicy wouldn't get taken, but Juicy got taken with the uh, penultimate draft pick uh-huh. to the Connecticut Sun, yeah, I threw that. I threw that out there, John. <laughs> that's uh, and that's that's a team that was in last year's final. So she goes to a very good team, and I, I think this is a year. Um, and John, I don't remember if you were on that WNBA, um, you know, draft preview, but um, this is a year where it's going to actually be tough to make rosters just because of all the different situations. Right. Um, so Juicy will probably have a tough time making that roster, and particularly that's a team that was in the final last year. But, again, I think it's great that she got drafted, and, and certainly she's going to get a chance to play somewhere, if not with Connecticut or in WNBA. She's she's going to play you know, overseas, and, and she does give you that element of she's you know as good a shooter as there is. Um, so I, I think you know she, she'll at least have a shot, but, again, it's going to be a tough year to make a roster this year.